Welcome to another episode of Passions at Piers. I'm Paul Jenkins. This podcast explores the hobbies and interests of Franklin Pierce University faculty, staff, and students. My guest today is Jim O'Laughlin, former academic support specialist here at Franklin Pierce, and we're very happy to welcome you back to campus today, Jim. Oh, thanks, Paul. It's great to be back on campus, see some old faces and some old friends. So tell us about your passion. Well, my passion is and always has been music. Anybody who knows me knows that there's usually always music playing, whether it was my office or in my life. It's kind of like one of those things that's always been around since I was a kid. I was kind of one of those kids that grew up on my own. So my companion, I think, was always music. And I understand you used to work in a record store. Yes. Yes. Tell um, us about that. That was wonderfully dangerous. <laughs> I... <laughs> I um, used to frequent the record store as people, you know, who collect music and do things that I did do. So I got to know the owner and actually there's two different record stores that I've worked in. I got to know them very well and turned into the old gym. Here's a part-time job. Do you want it? And I think in the three years I worked at Rainbow Records in Salem and then the two or three years that I worked at Spin Out Records in Salem, uh, New Hampshire, I don't know how many paychecks I really took home because <laughs> it was, oh, I like this. And, I, you know, so my album and my vinyl collection is huge mostly because of the, the paycheck that I never took home. So, so wonderfully dangerous in a lot of ways, but it was really, really good to get a lot of good and, and different and rare stuff too. So I was, that was the benefit of working in a place like that. You had first, uh, first dibs on anything that walked through the door. What are some of your favorite musical genres? I knew you were going to ask this question. Um, yes, all. <laughs> and which, which, again, is dangerous because on any given day I could be listening to you know, some old stuff, some brand new stuff. Right now, I'm going crazy for Lizzo. I love everything she does. But, oh, yeah. you know, I'm also, you know, I listen to Sinatra on the way in here and crazy about Christmas music and, you know, everything else. I probably listen mostly to, to rock and classic rock the most, I would think, just off the top of my head. But there's not a lot of, with the exception of, of really strict country and country and Western, I'm not really into that. I try to be, but I never really kind of get into that whole genre and stuff. But every other genre... I'm open to, to listen to it. You know, opera, sure. Play some some opera for the day, you know, whatever. So um, whatever it happens to be, it's uh, usually something that's going to be fun. Yeah, and music is music, right? Yes, so, yes. So tell us about your work as a DJ. I understand uh, that you've done that. How do you go about choosing which tracks to play? Well, that's a big question. There's a lot of psychology that goes into it, and having a psychology background, I think, always helped me as a DJ, too. So you're always trying to make sure you kind of play the crowd, watch really closely, see what they're looking for. You're always thinking a couple, three and four songs ahead. And I think the the big thing that a lot of people kind of forget about when they were doing that job, which I don't do anymore, I retired a couple, three years ago, four years ago, is, is that it's not about you. It's about the, the person who's hired you. So you have to know what they're looking for, what kind of facility that they're kind of putting together and play to that to try to make sure that you can kind of satisfy their needs rather than my ego. There's a lot of guys out there and women out there, and I don't want to be sexist, there's a lot of um, you know DJs out there that every eighth song, no matter what function that they play, is the same because they, it's kind of a canned response and they just hit play and, and do that. And I always kind of prided myself in, in playing different music, always trying to squeeze something in different that if you're at a function and you heard a song that you never would have expected to hear, say, at a wedding or whatever, People would come up and say, oh, I never want, I never thought I'd hear, you know, you two at, at a wedding. This is great and stuff. And then I've got them. 
you know, you've got them for the next four or five hours. That's what I always try to kind of pride myself on stuff. So it was a science, you know, and uh, it was a lot of trying to outthink the crowd three and four or five songs ahead. And it didn't, it worked most of the time. It didn't always work. There was sometimes fell flat in his face, but for the most part, it worked out well. So you're probably like me, but I will ask the question anyway. Do you have a huge selection of vinyl, CD, cassette tapes, eight tracks? I mean, do you still have all the formats or have you tried to rein yourself in? Yes. <laughs> every, every and all of what, all of the above. I And again, I, I thought you might ask this question, so I went through and looked at everything. I've tried to like weed it out a little, and I've given, especially my uh, my, my kids and, and all, um, First reign, you know, go through the collection, take what you want, and just all of a sudden, especially since vinyl's back. And they'll, you know, there are some things that are untouchable, for, but they can go shopping, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the collection. I still have, I think some might call it hoarding, but I think it's called collecting. I still have stuff that I had when I was 14 years old. I have the first album that I ever bought, which was the Esquire's um, Get ah, On Up. nice. And the first first 45 I bought, too. So, I mean, in I always pride myself on, on keeping that stuff and then kind of growing. So the bad thing is that you got the vinyl and then you duplicated it on cassette. Um, and then I needed it for DJing, so I had to have another copy. And I had 45s. And then when CDs come out, you, you want to have the CD version of it. So you duplicated your entire, you know, collection on that. And so I have multiples of multiples of multiples, which is, again, maybe hoarding, but in, in a good way, I think, in a good way. <laughs> this is sounding very familiar, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Talk talk to my wife sometime about yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, so, are you a musician yourself? And if so, what instruments? Do you um, play? I, I I started out, um, I think, as most people in fourth grade, when I got a chance to uh, join the band, um, and I uh, started playing the trumpet all throughout elementary, middle, high school. Kind of defined me as as well as uh, my first couple years in college. Then I got away from it, so I don't pretend to. I, I know music. And I can read music, you know, but I, I don't pretend to be a musician. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to, to learn some other ones, especially since they have some time now. The current thing I'm going to try to learn maybe this winter is the Boran, you know, a nice Irish drum, because I want to start doing some some Celtic stuff with my son. My son is is an amazing uh, musician, and and my daughter is an amazing singer and everything else. So they've got that that skill, but I usually just hit play, you know, when I was doing the DJ work and stuff, so I can kind of figure out the music that way, but I couldn't play it. And speaking of your son, I think uh, you do a podcast with Sean, don't you? We do. Yeah. Yeah. Tell he, us a little bit about that. He he asked me three years ago. It was right around this time because we've always growing up, we've always had conversations in the car going places, whatever of the old. Hey, dad, have you heard this song? Hey, you know, hey, Sean, I, I want to have you listen to this band or whatever. And he said, Dad, all those conversations we had years ago, and, and we still had, I want to do a podcast about that. So my immediate response was like, who cares about listening to us? Like, they're not going <laughs> to listen And it was, you know, pre-COVID. So it was like, okay, we've got some time, or I guess right at the beginning of COVID. So uh, he started doing this. It's called You're Not Listening a Music Podcast. And basically what we do is we both bring a song to the table and kind of break it down of why we like it. And... I try to convince him of some of the things that I think he he, enjoy, he would enjoy, and he tries to have the same you know kind of effect on me. And we go back and forth, and sometimes we agree, oftentimes you know we don't, but in, in, we still respect each other's thoughts and stuff. And again, I don't know why anybody would care to listen to us, you know, to be a fly in the wall. I don't even think my wife listens to us anymore, <laughs> my my daughter and stuff, but other people do. We were like number three in some place in the Middle East recently or something like this. So it's crazy that you, you play that stuff. So, But it's it's fun. The fact that you can do it with your son is is very special. You know, the fact that he asked and, 
you know, doesn't want to do anything with the old man, I would think like, why do you want to do it with me? But it, it's nice that he asked. So it's fun. So it's You're Not Listening, a music podcast, and it's uh, on all different formats and stuff. So it's fun. That is great. It's been so great to talk to you again, Jim, and see you back on campus. And folks, check out You're Not Listening, a music podcast. Thanks for having me, my friend. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes of Passions at Pierce on your favorite listening services. This podcast was produced in collaboration with the Marlon Fitzwater Center for Communication at Franklin Pierce University.